Stagflation is rearing its ugly head. An article by Thorsten Polite. Recorded 4th November 2021. In the 1970s, something happened that, according to the then prevailing economic policy model of Keynesianism, should not have happened. While growth was anemic and unemployment high, the inflation of goods prices rose sharply. Keynesian textbook wisdom would have predicted that in such a recessionary environment goods price inflation would have declined or even goods price deflation would occur. So what happened in the period of stagflation, of low growth and high price inflation? The Bretton Woods system began to crumble as early as the mid-1960s. Markets increasingly doubted that the US government would keep its promise to redeem the greenback for physical gold at the agreed price of 35 US dollars per ounce. And rightly so. The US had been engaged in a series of military adventures around the world, such as the Korean War and the Vietnam War. It kept increasing the US dollar supply without backing it up with physical gold reserves. Confidence in the Bretton Woods system declined. The end of the Bretton Woods system. As a result, a growing number of foreign central banks decided to redeem their greenbacks for physical gold with the Federal Reserve Bank. The US gold reserves started to dwindle to stop the unpleasant gold outflow and to prevent a potential risk of US default of physical gold payments. US President Richard Nixon closed the gold window on August 15, 1971, which means that he suspended the redemption of the US dollar for physical gold. Nixon's decision made the US dollar a fiat currency, state-controlled money, the amount of which can be increased to any level considered politically desirable at any point in time. This unilateral decision destroyed the last remaining elements of the anchoring of the US dollar in physical gold and it marked the end of the Bretton Woods system. All other major currencies, such as the British pound, Japanese yen, French franc, German mark, etc., also lost their link to physical gold and became fiat money. Inspired by Keynesian policy recommendations, governments immediately took advantage of this new situation, imposing deficit spending, prompting central banks to issue ever greater amounts of newly created fiat money at favorable terms, driving goods price inflation to stimulate production and employment. Goods price inflation was already on the rise when the first oil price shock hit in 1973. Economies went into recession as the cost of energy skyrocketed. In an effort to fight the contraction, governments and their central banks sought to increase aggregate demand, the period of stagflation. Deficits grew sharply, financed by central banks opening up the monetary spigots. However, people's confidence in the stability of fiat currencies began to decline and price inflation expectations rose further. Unions pushed through higher wages, adding to the general upward pressure on prices of goods and services. The early 1970s became the time of a great inflation in many countries around the world. It quickly became clear, however, that inflation is very expensive, an economic and social evil. History does not repeat itself, but occasionally it rhymes. 
Today governments and their central banks are taking recourse again to Keynesian economics of deficit spending and money printing. Governments have stalled economic activity in response to the coronavirus pandemic with their lockdown policies. As production halted and unemployment rose sharply, governments increased deficit spending, funded by central banks issuing vast quantities of fiat currency. The truth is that the monetary overhang in the Western world is now much higher than it was in the stagflation episode of the 1970s. It seems very likely that this excess liquidity is driving up the prices of goods and services further, the prices of consumer goods as well as asset prices, such as the prices of stocks and bonds, real estate, commodity, arts, etc. This in turn means that the purchasing power of fiat currencies will decrease decline not only temporarily but permanently, the return of higher inflation. A rise in the prices of goods and services across the board will eventually put a strain on economic growth and employment. On the one hand, price inflation causes economic distortions such as overconsumption and malinvestment harming the productive capacities of the economies. On the other hand, price inflation is a policy that cannot last. It takes ever higher doses of price inflation to keep alive the illusion of prosperity, the boom it has set into motion in the first place. However, inflation can only go so far. The American economist and social philosopher Murray Rothbard explained the consequences of the political efforts to keep the boom going. Quote, like the repeated doping of a horse, the boom is kept on its way and ahead of its inevitable comeuppance by repeated and accelerating doses of the stimulant of bank credit. It is only when bank credit expansion must finally stop or sharply slow down, either because the banks are getting shaky or because the public is getting restive at the continuing inflation that retribution finally catches up with the boom. As soon as credit expansion stops, the piper must be paid and the inevitable readjustments must liquidate the unsound overinvestments of the boom and redirect the economy more towards consumer goods production. And, of course, the longer the boom is kept going, the greater the malinvestments that must be liquidated and the more harrowing the readjustments that must be made. Quote ends. Undoubtedly, today's world has become a rather different place compared to the 1970s, technologically, politically, culturally and socially. Yet, the same timeless economic laws are still at work. One of these economic laws is that an increase in the money supply inflates the prices of goods and services. The policy of price inflation will ultimately bring down the economic and financial system. Given the global inflationary policy, it is by no means an exaggeration to be concerned that the world economy will, at some point, be hit by a severe recession, accompanied by a sharp spike in price inflation. In other words, the risk of stagflation is definitely rearing its ugly head. Investors may want to protect themselves against the risk that central banks around the world will increasingly resort to inflation to fend off a crash of the credit pyramid they have built over the past decades. Physical gold and silver come to mind. The exchange value of these precious metals cannot be debased by monetary policy. And they also do not carry a default or counterparty risk. 
especially for long-term investors holding physical gold and silver as part of their liquid portfolio should be worthwhile as they can be expected to be both risk reducing and return enhancing in the coming years thank you very much for your attention if you enjoyed this podcast please follow me on soundcloud and spotify and on twitter facebook and linkedin my website is www.torstenpolite.com